Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Mission Cigar and Social here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Edmond, and I am joined, as I am every week, by Nanook of the North, Mr. Shan Reeves. I, I was just thinking about what I was going to say, and you, you led right into it without meaning to. <laughs> I love this. I, I love the cold. I love, you know, we're going to the mountains next week. Right. I want to be in the mountains when it's cold. I don't want to be in Gatlinburg when it's 92 degrees. No, and I, I agree with you. I actually don't mind a little bit of a chill in the air. I love this time of year, especially the last two days where it was like foggy all day long and just kind of a light main type drizzle. I, I, it's great. Now, typically I would not be sitting outside smoking a cigar when the sun is going to go down, but by the time we're done with this and it's just going to further chill. I mean, we're, we're about 55 right now. So. Uh, well, we checked when we left the house. It's right at 60. Okay. If we didn't have... It was 58 have, in my car when I got out, so... Yeah, if we didn't have this little breeze coming across... It would be fine. But here's the thing. And here's a, here's a lesson for everybody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix the listenership's mindset right now. Uh-oh. Don't strive to be warm. Strive just to avoid hypothermia. So... Always? No, or well, too often. Here's what happens. Deer hunting taught me this. And since I have cultivated this mindset, it has made my life much better. In deer hunting, you don't dress to feel like you're sitting in your living room. You dress to stay warm enough to stave off hypothermia, to be able to move your hands when the deer comes up. To be so, able to still have cognitive function, not be so focused on how cold you are. Right. But you don't try to dress like you're sitting in your living room and it's a balmy 70 degrees. Well, similarly, uh, in, in road running and, and endurance racing and things like that, the, the adage is dress for the last mile, not the first mile. One of the things you taught me, one of the things I'm proud to say my friend Trey taught me, when I walk out in the morning to walk ace, if I step out of the house and I feel perfectly warm, I go back in and take some clothes off. Yeah. Because I know by the end of that walk... I'm going to be sweating and it's going to be miserable and it's going to be steamy and everything else. So yeah, absolutely. That's it's funny. This time of year is where that's most difficult for me. You know, I'll go out. It's been, it's been crazy at work the last two months, as you well know. And, and so oftentimes I'm not getting to the dog walk until, you know, sometimes about 10 o'clock, which around here, that's when the heat of the day is starting to creep in, especially on a sunny day. And yeah, and I'll, I'll, walk out the house i'll have my coat on i'll have a hat usually and yeah by the end of the walk i'm getting a little i'm getting a little toasty yeah that's the thing so the worst mistake people make is having too small a sweet spot you know my acceptable range of temperature is anything between 50 and 86 my wife's acceptable range of temperature is between 69 and 69.8 right and I, I was, I've spent 25 years trying to broaden that range with zero it's not success. Happen. No, and it's, I don't know why. It's funny. I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure your wife is like this because everyone I know's wife is like this. What is it with the, the shower temperature? Have you noticed that it's, we, we were having this discussion in my house recently and, you know, I, I run warmer and, you know, my, I, I can go up to about, you know, 80 degrees down to about 55, 58 is kind of the, the low end of my, my comfort level. But what is it about the, 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 the makeup of, of female biology that makes the optimum shower temperature 175.9 degrees? Right. If it will not peel the flesh from your bones. It's they too don't cold think. for them. Yeah, and, and they can't be enjoying it. They're getting out. Their whole body's red. They look like they're a lobster. They're, they can't, you know, their eyes are blinking because it's so hot. And it's like, you know, there's a knob right there. Yeah. You turn it, it'll, <laughs> it'll adjust the temperature of that. You know, every doe-eyed young man who's about to get married for the first time or, or live with a woman for the first time always has these delusions of how fun it's going to be to shower together. And I just, I love being the one that, that looks them in the eye and say, you have no idea that your hot water goes as hot as she likes it. You're going to step into that shower with a boner 
and you're going to scream, and it's immediately everything's over at that point. Mm-hmm. At that point, you have been scalded. Yeah, and <laughs> then or you're going to try to grit your teeth and bear it out so as not to look like a wimp. And of course, you're a dude, and there's yeah, you know, there, there's the, the, a woman the, on the line. Right. So, so so you're probably going to go ahead, probably go ahead and get some aloe vera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be my new wedding present to all of my my friends that get married it's for the first aloe time. Vera for the shower burns. <laughs> yes. Here you go. This is for the first time you tried in the shower. <laughs> And then, and and not say anything else. And then once they know, they'll know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but until then, yeah. Okay. Anyway, what are we smoking? All right. So I just grabbed this La Polina pack we got here at the shop, and it's the La Polina Classic American pack. See, I don't recognize this label, and that was kind of the first thing that that jumped out to me. I feel like I know the La Polina line pretty well, but looking at these bands, this is. So this is the American Heritage brand. Okay. And this pack is the only way to get these, really. Okay. Or you can order them by the box from La Polina, but most people aren't because they're so new. And they kind of and this is a good piece of marketing. These kind of clash with La Polina's core line. Because they're kind of, you know, natural they're, Maduro, Rosado. And they, they're a bigger ring gauge than I'm used to seeing from Yeah. So they put out this little four-pack, and in the four-pack, there's a Rosado, a Natural, a Maduro, and a Connecticut. I gave Glenda the Connecticut. I'm smoking the Rosado. You've got the Maduro. The, Maduro, yeah. and the Natural will be left to smoke later. But these little four-packs are like 40 bucks, so 10 bucks a stick to try them out. Um, I've smoked the Maduro before. When Patrick was here, I got one of those and smoked it, and it was good. Um, this is my first of the Rosados, but I like a Rosado wrapper, but I do too. It, it can go good or it can go bad. See, that's that's interesting. I've never had a Rosado wrapper that I would say went bad, uh, but there are def- definitely not all created equal. I'll say that. Well, let me say this. I, it's not bad, but okay. When I think of a Rosado, I have a flavor profile in my brain. Of An expectation. Rosado. Yeah. And some, they either meet that expectation right. or they don't. It's not when good risotto goes bad. It's not like San Andreas where you know exactly what you're going to get every time. It always has that same profile. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just a matter. The San Andreas is always going to be the same flavor regardless. It's just a matter of did they put too much of it in it or not. So, all right. Let's talk about the party source gets exclusive Guardian of the Farm Celebris Calibra. Cerberus. Service, 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 whatever. I thought it was service. Is that one of those deals where one's Greek and one's Roman? Yes. Okay. Um, so this is the Guardian of the Farm service. We've talked about this cigar before. We both like it. Yeah. Couldn't give them away in here, but we both like it. This, yeah. They it, wouldn't sell in here for nothing. Nobody would buy them. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was fantastic, and and one of the you know one of the agonorses that I stand by is why I like the brand. Mm-hmm. Um. If, so, if ever there was a cigar to be this Calibra, it was this. Yeah. So for those playing the home game and unfamiliar, the Calibra is the the three cigars, three smaller cigars that are braided together. And when you name the cigar after the three-headed dog, uh, yeah, this makes perfect sense. I'm surprised this wasn't an idea that they launched the cigar with. Yeah, this is one of those things that you see it and you say, why did this take so long? Right, exactly. Okay, let's talk about the Calibra. I have actually never smoked one. Okay. And the the thing is, so it's three cigars and you're supposed to take them apart and, and share them and everything like that. Yeah, so the, the cigars themselves are, are rolled individually so they are three completely separate cigars, and they're usually braided together when they're still very fresh and pliable. And I actually don't know nearly as much about the process on how they're able to accomplish that as I would like. And then they're usually bound together with a little bit of twine on either end just to keep them together. They ferment, or they age rather, in that position, which then locks in that shape. Are they all the same blend, or are they three different blends? So... I have never encountered one where they were different blends. It's always been the same cigar times three. Uh, but presumably, you could do it with... Well, to me, if I was going to do it, I would want to put them all three there and then see if by them being bound together, aging together, if I got a new flavor out of the yeah. three. That would be cool 
you know, we talk a lot about Perdomo having the the natural, the sun grown, or the Connecticut, the sun grown, and the Maduro. It's the three wrappers they use. Doing one of each, mm-hmm. like uh, a 20th anniversary Calabria, I, that that would be cool. I think that could that could work. I imagine the skill involved in rolling these has to be tremendous. Well, you know, they're at the uh, other shop. Hamlet rolled one live for us one night. Yeah, and all, and actually, and it's like three feet long. Yeah. Um. Now, how many people have tried to smoke all three at once? At least a handful. It ha- has to be. It has to have happened. Has to be a number of guys that have tried to just smoke them all at once. But uh, it's going to come in a box of. Five, so fifteen cigars, and the boxes are priced at seventy bucks each. That's a heck of a deal. So that's twelve ish box, uh, twelve ish per Calabra. And so what? What does that make? Four dollars. Four bucks a stick. Four sixty six. Actually, it's here. Yeah. So that's a heck of a deal. Yeah, I think that's. A, I mean, and, but Aganarsa is famous for that. Yeah. You know. There's companies out there that, for whatever reason, you part of running a cigar shop is knowing there's companies out there that you just, you could love them. They could be the easiest in the world to work with, the best. And for whatever reason, their cigar don't sell. Right. You know, our Aganorsa stuff around here just don't sell. Yeah. And they're a great, co- and every all evidence points to the fact that they should sell, but they're not going to sell. It's... I don't feel like Aganorsa's cigars are unique enough to generate a cult following. You know, there's a lot of Drew Estate in there. There's a lot of AJ in there. There's a lot of Perdomo in there. Those are three brands off the top of my head that have a a rabid following. And you just don't get somebody that walks into a cigar shop and says, I only smoke Aganorsa. No. And I think that's... That's just part of it. That's just part... I'm sure there's places out there that Aganorsa's gigantic. Oh, I'm sure. And like like anything else, it probably has a lot to do with who the rep is in the area, because so much of which cigars move and which ones don't have to do with who the rep is and how much the regulars want to support the rep, and you know whether what the the owners and the workers in the shop are doing to push the cigar. Well, and there's a certain amount of getting over the hard way that you have to do as a rep, and there's a certain amount of no matter what you do, you'll never get over. You know, we're fixing to discontinue carrying a brand of cigars here. And the rep's the nicest guy ever. Mm-hmm. But and he's he's worked it. He's been in here. He's shook hands. He's kissed babies. He's sponsored poker. And the guys just don't like his sticks. Sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. And then last year, one of our best-selling sticks ever here died overnight when the rep quit. Really? And all uh, when the rep quit. Well, okay, more or less. I'm I may have to take a little bit of the blame for this one. Because they also hired somebody that I thought was a complete and total asshole. Well, that'll do And it. then the rep subsequently quit. So I'm, I may have to take a little of the blame on this one. I'll, I'll have to get some more insight <laughs> in that one. I'm sure I know it. I'm sure you've told me in the past, oh, yeah. but it's not coming to mind. But anyway, moving forward. Minneapolis City Council Committee supports proposal that would ban smoking in the city's only cigar lounge. So let, I, I feel like that is such an important opening sentence. The city's only cigar lounge. This is not like Atlanta, where there's 246,000. This is not like Nashville, where there's about 70. There's one. So how can, how can this not be a personal vendetta? Well, you know, that was my... So the um, Minnesota, Minneapolis City Council member, uh, what's this chick's name? Latricia Vital is is headlining this bill. Yeah. And my, my comment in the notes was, who's hurt this bitch? <laughs> because what's the upside for her? What could she possibly have to gain of shutting down the only place left in Minneapolis where a man can go set a cigar, sit down and smoke a cigar with his friends? What's the upside? What And better off, if this does get passed... Do we get lucky and she hangs herself or something because her life's mission is complete? She's now got cigar lounges out of Minnesota? This has got to be the most miserable human being that has ever walked the planet Earth. Well, especially because you think of a city the size of Minneapolis. That's Minneapolis is a big Midwestern city. This is, you know, it's it's roughly, I would say it's probably about the size of Nashville now. Um, 
it, Minneapolis has been shrinking a little bit like so many of those cities and, and obviously we've been growing but so this was a, I found interesting Minnesota has one of the more unique pieces of legislation when it comes to allowing cigar shops to uh, patrons to light up essentially it's only because of a loophole that they're able to do this in the first place which is that there's a provision that allows sampling in quotes a product so uh, that's what applies to cigar lounges hookah bars etc but you know how much energy does humanity waste on fruitless endeavors? Because there's no upside for this woman. There's, it just, it seems like a solution looking for a problem. And I know we, we talk about that a, a lot because, yeah, this one business is not hurting anybody. Like, I very highly doubt that, um, you know, any of her constituents are calling for this. Right. There, what's, what could possibly be that that's a car out there? Oh, okay. I was like, what <laughs> is that noise? Somebody drove by. The, so, see, why is this woman after cigar lounge? Will you be after the guy that feels the need to roll his windows down and play his music as loudly as possible? Can't be comfortable. So much so that the deaf guy can hear it with headphones on. Well, it was in your range. I'm, oh, kind, I'm it, kind of getting to where I know what your, vocal, your audio range is. Gotcha. And when that pulled up, I actually had that thought, oh, that's in Trey's audio range. He's going to catch. And then you, you look up like, you know, Ace does when I said you want to play ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was checking my phones. I, I didn't know what was happening. But I, I, anyway. It almost sounded like a train crossing. Anyway. Why do people... People keep doing... I mean, hey, folks, why don't you step back and ask yourself in life, what's the upside for you? Um, you know, this week, I had the opportunity. I walked in here, and um, Derek was in here, and he said, hey, you want to try a new cigar? I said, sure. And it's the cigar the Daily Wire put out, the Mayflower. Okay. And, I'll, and I, I lit it, and I freaked out the guy next to me. The guy next to me, I said... Derek, this is this is not Nicaraguan. This is an Ecuadorian rapper. He said, "Well, they said it's Nicaraguan." And the guy next to me, "There's no way." So of course he gets on his phone and googles it. And he he said, "I'm I'm astonished." And he said, "Of course it's an Ecuadorian rapper." I said, "Yeah, I know what an Ecuadorian rapper tastes like." But anyway, so so nothing makes you feel side. nothing makes you feel better than when those things. Oh happen, yeah, when it? it works out that way, it's just a win. But anyway, um, the Daily Wire made a cigar. Okay. Here's what I don't understand about the Daily Wire. They their claim, they're claim, no. you're familiar with the Daily Wire. Yeah, roughly. Their, their claim is that, you know, mainstream media is so left biased that we're going to come on and balance the scales. But they're so right biased, they're of no use either. They, right. they have actually became the thing they were founded to be against. Yeah. And all so the so the whole concept of that just blows my mind. How do, you, how about this? How about you say we're we're going to be the guys that just give you the facts. We'll let you form your own opinions. Yeah. We're, we're not going to to slant the news. We're not going to do anything like that. We're going to do something unique. But one, I don't want politics in my cigars. Right. Um, cigar was okay, by the way. It wasn't amazing. Um, I'm kind of th- I'm kind of glad it wasn't. Because if it had been amazing and something I wanted to smoke a lot, I'd, I'd... You'd had a crisis of conscience? I don't think I could have. Yeah. It'd be like if CNN made a cigar and it was a great cigar, I couldn't enjoy it, or NPR, or... What's what's the communist organization in America? What? what What's the communist organization in America, the uh, most communist organization in America? Oh, don't act like you don't know. No, I really don't Don't act no like idea. there's not a membership card in your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's, uh, of course, uh, the first place that I went uh, was, was from MASH, from the MASH episode where they're accusing, and it's like Young Americans for Freedom was considered a communist subversive organization. And right. The trial of <laughs> Margaret Hillham. Yeah. But anyway, by the way, last week, I, I do have to, before we continue with this article, I do have to tell you the most hilarious thing that happened last week. Um, you and I recorded on Sunday, Monday. One of the guys that works here, I won't tell you who because I don't want you to think right. less of him. He said, hey, why was Trey dressed like a socialist yesterday? What? He said, you were dressed like a socialist. He said, I said, well, he is one. I said, that's why. But 
I, my my <laughs> reputation in this shop has been tarnished never because of my own behavior, but only through the things that you share. The what was I don't even remember how I was dressed. He said just the color palette and the way you were dressed and the drabness of it and all. It just looked. It looked that's, very socialist. He said Trey was dressed like a socialist. That's I, I'm so <laughs> mind boggled, uh, especially because I don't tend to dress on Sundays. Like I don't. Yeah, it, it was pretty hilarious. I, is, I, and all I thought that's an odd. I, and by I, the way, this is not my fault. At this all. is absolutely your fault. I have done nothing but state the facts. You spent, <laughs> no, you, you haven't. spent 20 minutes on the last podcast arguing to me why employers should go out, build a company, work their life out, put their life savings online, and then give it to the employees. That's if not that's what not I said a socialist at all. That's concept, not what I said it, at all. nothing else is. I've gotten feedback. People believe that's exactly what you said. That is not what I said. <laughs> I said they should sell it to their employees. A portion of it, a, a minority portion of it, to be fair. Well, won't employees make it successful, and then it, when the stock options come available, it goes public, then they have the opportunity to buy it. Well, but this is just a private version of that. Offer them the stock options when the uh, when the other people on the public exchange don't have access to it. That's all in, I'm talking about. In lieu about. of salary. No, in addition to salary. Yeah, see, that's the problem. <laughs> But anyway, moving you forward. You mean tell me the owner of that business isn't also taking the salary? Well, yeah, but he did the work. He's the one that built the business. He deserves what he gets because he's the one that took the risks. He's the one that built the business. He's not just Johnny come lately that walked up and needed a place. No, but I'm saying stock job. options. No one's working for stock options in lieu of a salary. So why would you? We're getting off topic. Let's move on to this other <laughs> socialist. Okay, God, I'm not. <laughs> um, okay, just while we're finishing this up, real quick. Oh, we going? We still on this one for a minute? Well, I just want to finish. You know, okay, we've we come to the conclusion that somebody hurt this woman in Minnesota, and she's taking it out on the cigar lounge. Um, from UNC Health, COET team develop effective cigar warning signage. Okay. As I'm, I'm going to cut right to the meat of the matter because we're coming up against the break. I'm All fixing right. to cut right to the meat of this matter. I will, I will accept any cigar signage they want to put on cigars. If they'll leave us alone afterwards? No. Oh. If they put it on wine, too. Yeah. If they put a, if they put a, a cancerous lung on here, I want a necrotic liver on wine. If they put, if I want, you know, if they say this can lead to cancer, health risk, cardiovascular, I want somebody drunk, some soccer mom that was drunk in a Honda Odyssey plowing through a bus full of nuns and orphans on the pitcher. If it's I, good for the goose, it should be good for the game. Right. If you're going to do this, if you're going to, quote, try to protect us or ourselves with visual imagery, then, hey, let's let's go after soccer mom's goofy grape every afternoon. I'd, I'll I'll go even one further than that. Show me a heart fully eat up with cholesterol blockages and sclerotic tissue front and center on the McDonald's menu in the drive-thru. Absolutely. Should be should be right there on the little thing. Yeah. It should be, welcome to McDonald's. Are you going to use the app today? And do you know we, we cause obesity and death? Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, it, it's, I, I hate this idea. I don't know, and this is your point, but... I don't know a single cigar smoker that doesn't know the risk when they when they sign up. We all do. We all do. We all weigh the risk versus reward calculation, and we make our decision as adults. Yeah. No one has ever said, well, in, in the last 40 years, no one has ever tried to suggest that cigars are healthy or they're good for you. We know they're not. But just like... Neither is wine. Neither is bourbon. Neither is McDonald's. Neither, you know. So, what's going to be interesting about this, and this may be my my brain working overtime, but I want to run this by you: Is the next battle going to be between whiskey and wine? Are they going to start just like there's a battle between cigars and cigarettes? Is there though? Oh, absolutely. And all and vaping. Okay, okay let's say cigars okay. and vaping. Okay, I'll let's, give you let's, that. Let's make it a little more disparage. I, gotcha. Between cigars and vaping, um, you know, cigar guys, we don't want people vaping in our lounge. Right. Vaping guys don't want me coming into their place and smoking a cigar. I don't hang out with vape guys, and vape guys don't hang out with me. And that's okay. Now I don't. Now I do think 
their product is designed to attract children. Otherwise, why would they flavor it the way they do? I do decide. I, I know plenty of adults who eat like children. Well, sure, but some eventually you got to grow up. Yeah, but the the vaping thing. So, is there going to eventually be? Because you got to think about the bourbon guys are getting higher and higher on their pedestals. So I'm going to say no. Okay, no. why not? Because the fight is not between the bourbon and the wine people. They're fighting the same side, which, because we're talking about, you know, in excess of 20, 30, couple hundred dollars a bottle in some cases, you know, it, it runs the gamut, right? The people, the, the bourbon guys, they're not drinking Knob Creek. They're drinking Booker. They're drinking some of this, the, the exclusive and your, your true wine. And I'm not talking about the soccer mom that is a closet alcoholic to get through the day with their kids. That's who I'm talking about. Yeah. But the actual wine people, the connoisseurs, the people that treat wine the way we treat cigars, they're, they're the same as the bourbon people, just with a different medium. The fight though, kind of like you had to step back and say, okay, vape instead. It's going to be between the, the wine and distilled spirits and beer. That that's probably a more realistic fight. Yeah, it's 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 funny because you kind of parallel these vices. Yeah, you've got beer and vape, you've got cigarettes and wine, you've got bourbon and cigars, and you kind of boy, ooh, beer and vape. I'm not hanging out with that dude <laughs> nowhere because you know it's PBR and fruity pebbles. Oh, it's gotta be <laughs> some trailer park somewhere right now is just is missing their idiot. Yeah, so absolutely, but um. It is, I do think that battle's coming because I do think eventually um, the wine and beer is going to become the working man's alcohol and they're going to want to tax the bourbon and the vodka and all that yeah. at a higher rate because the the optic is that the um, the the high, you know the right. monopoly guys drinking bourbon yeah exactly so I could see this happening we'll we'll have to keep tabs and see how this works I think we're a long way from that because alcohol does get a little bit of a pass because of what happened in the twenties okay. yeah everyone's a little afraid to go touch that again but I, okay. yeah we'll keep an eye on it so let's step away for a break real quick we've got okay. a, a fun filled second half of the show we'll come right back with more after this. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man who was outraged that Florida State got left out of the playoffs today at 11, Mr. Oh, Trey Dedman. I didn't see that, did oh, they? Okay, so check this out. All right, so what are the four? We're going we're to do the college. This is the college football segment of the Cigar Cast. Don't worry, it's not going to last much longer. Um, going into this weekend, you had four undefeated teams. Right. Yeah, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington. Mm -hmm. And all of them had a game this week. Well, Georgia lost Alabama. Right. Alabama beat Georgia as, by the way. By like two or three points. It was narrow. Well, as I predicted they would. Right. You know, I'd been been calling for it all week, and people have been telling me I was crazy. But I told them, you're not beating Nick Saban in this situation. And all this is this is too hungry. He's missed it too much. This is Saban's. This is his wheelhouse. But anyway, um, so that eleven o'clock today is we're recording. This is we're recording on a Sunday. The college football playoff show came out. Number one Michigan, which they boat raced whatever you know, whatever disadvantaged academy they were against. All right. Um, Number two Washington. They won, and in their to their credit, they they earned it. They played Oregon State. They played them hard. They won it right. I can't complain. I can. I have nothing bad to say about Washington. Um, number three, Texas, and number four, Alabama. Yeah, so, and you kind of predicted that because you can't leave the SEC out. Well, undefeated Florida State is out. Yeah, that they had a fourteen and zero season or thirteen and zero season, and they're out of the playoffs. And now, granted. Their quarterback's gone. Right. Their backup quarterback didn't play yesterday. 
but he won- they still won the game. Right. And it was the ACC championship game. Yeah, they, they should have gotten it. Um, but here's the problem. I think if Georgia had beat Alabama, then Florida State would have been in. It'd been, hey, four undefeated teams, no problem. Right. But I think when Georgia lost to Alabama, they said, well, we can't put Georgia in above Alabama because Alabama beat Georgia in the head-to-head. Right. But we can't put Alabama ahead in, in ahead of Texas because Texas beat Alabama in the head-to-head. Yeah. So I think Florida State, just for whatever reason, I think they suffered. There, there was no way other to do it. I don't think there was in another path by which to do it, but man, the Florida State people have been losing their mind. Well, I feel like if you're if you're going to put, you know, let's put strength of schedule and some other th- other metrics upon it. You well, know. okay, so let's talk strength of schedule. Well, let let's not because I'm not really that interested. But let me just finish my thought, okay. and then we is it's to say that Florida State didn't have the strength of schedule as a Texas or an Alabama. Okay, fine, I can give you that. But to say that you're not going to let an undefeated team in the playoffs because you don't feel the team is as strong as they were before their quarterback went down, I think is a bit of a – I think that's kind of a crap. I will say if the strength of schedule had been closer, Alabama's strength of schedule was 10th. Yeah. Florida State's was 58th. Yeah. No, no, no. I – I, I get that. But also, a lot of this has been around the fact that they're all-star quarterback went down. And so, it, it, that doesn't seem well, like a good enough metric for me. If their all-star quarterback went down and their backup quarterback had came out and just lit the world up, I think it'd been you'd, there'd be an argument there. But their all-star quarterback went down. Their backup quarterback went down. Yeah. They're playing third string. Yeah. So, okay. Anyway. Okay. Just had to had to take a quick moment for that. Principal Cigars releases 2023 Accomplice Holiday Bobbles. So this is the ones, the four and a half by sixties that Darren does every year. Um, principles kind of up and down in here. Yeah. The people that like them really like them. People that don't, just I, don't. I don't know of a single shop where they do tremendously well. Um, I do know that he has a lot of fans in the area, so he he's in a lot of shops around here. But yeah, it's it's one of those that the cigars are fine. I'm not a huge fan, but I don't have anything bad to say. It's just it it, it so. But yeah, it's. It's inter- four and a half by sixty. I'm I'm out. Um, it's not bad, but it's not a great cigar. If uh, it was a great cigar, I wouldn't care about the size. But it's just not a great cigar. It's kind of gimmicky. But I will say this about Darren: I can admire that he just does what he does. He makes the cigars he wants to make the way he wants to make them and sells them for what he wants to sell them. There's there's no market research. There's no trial in it. It's just... No focus groups. Yeah. It's, hey, here's the cigar I decided to make, and if y'all want to buy it, that's awesome, and if you don't, that's okay, too. I I can certainly appreciate that as well. And here's the the other thing I like about Darren. He don't claim to be Perdomo. He don't claim to be Foundation. He don't claim to be nothing but principal cigar. Yeah. And he just wants to be the best principal cigar he can be, and I kind of like him for that. Okay, and all he's he's an interesting cat. If you if you if you're around, and you see a principal event, go meet Darren. He's an interesting cat to sit and meet for a little while. He's Th- a that is true, a different guy, and all. I, I like him. But as part of that, I am going to skip around just a little bit. Yeah, I was wondering as where part, you were going. As part of that, he actually won the cigar smoking world championship. Beat the Russians one time. It, it was hilarious. He was here doing poker one night. And I was introducing him and all, and it was kind of lukewarm. And then I said, and he whooped the commies at the Cigar Smoking World Championship, and the crowd went wild. (laughs) (laughs) So You got to know your audience, I guess. (laughs) You know what you're doing. Um, So we've got another, uh, so this is the Habanos World Challenge, which this, so, and we kind of talked about this before the show started, which is why do people have to take something as great as cigars and make a competition out of it? That's that's part of, you know, I sort of have cartoon hate for the Cigar Smoking World Championships, and it really comes down to this is not something that we need to competitivize. Yeah, it's how do you how do you ruin something like this? Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say I give this one more of a pass than I do Cigar Smoking World Champions because there's a lot more skill involved in it and it and it hits on different aspects. And so for one, I I just had it pulled up. Um Okay, so 
The first is a knowledge test. I'm all for that. Okay. Let's sit around and find out who knows what. The second challenge is uh, the skill and demonstration of cutting and lighting a cigar. Eh, yeah, there's not a lot of skill involved in cutting and lighting a cigar. But the third is a blind taste test. And I, I like this. They give you a cigar with... that The cigar that you cut and light has no band on it. And then you are uh, supposed to be able to uh, identify the cigar from taste alone. Well, okay. If we were going to set up the Cigar Cast World Smoking Championship, here's how I'd do it. Here's, I mean, okay. First, let me let me close this article by saying right. um, it's a stupid idea, but at least they're doing it well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least they're executing cool. in a mat. It, you know, it would not be miserable for me to compete in right. this like Done. it would the cigar closed. Smoking. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So here here's the challenges in the the Shane Reeves Invitational. All right. And I almost assume I'm dead by then. You name the thing after me. Okay. You got uh, it. So you're gonna get get five judges, and everybody will be judged on their merits. First, the cut of the cigar. You must be allowed, points will be deducted for removal of the cap, but here's the deal. You're going to cut three cigars. And take the average? You're, no. You're going to cut a super, super finicky wrapper, like a La Polina Goldie. Yeah. And then you're going to cut a super duper hard wrapper. Like a foundation. Like a tabernacle. tabernacle. Yeah. yeah, like a tabernacle. And then you're going to cut just a medium Medium grain, like a Perdomo or something, right? Something that's just the standard, yeah, wrapper. So you're gonna cut three cigars, but you're also gonna cut these three cigars for different people because this this is a talent that I've had to cultivate around here because I end up cutting a lot of cigars around here. A lot of people ask me to cut their cigar around here because it's a you know I'm idolized, so (laughs) and so humble (laughs) and so so humble. Um, So the hard cigars to cut. Are when somebody comes to me with one of the Freuds. Hold on a second. Trey's about to be arrested. No, I got it. We're, we're fine. Okay. I mean, we're, it's going to come through, I'm sure. Yeah, he's he's coming right by, man. He's just blaring it. Uh, okay. Uh-oh, someone jaywalked. Yeah, jaywalking on a Sunday. Um, yeah, he, he drove right past that guy that's getting shot over there in the Walmart parking lot to get, right. after, to get after that jaywalker. Um, anyway. So the first cigar you're going to cut is going to be for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the easy one. The next cigar you're going to cut is going to be for the best-looking woman in the shop. Okay. And that's going to be the delicate one. All right. For possibly the best-looking woman you've ever seen in your life. Depends on what we have access to at the time. The third cigar you're going to cut is going to be for your boss. Yeah, that's going to be the one with the really tough, hard exterior wrap. Okay. So that that those so we're not just cutting; we're cutting under pressure. All right. And you're going to be judged based on those cuts. And now, are, is the beautiful woman and the boss like? Are those the judges, or are the judges independent adjudicators to that? Independent adjudicators to that. Okay. Then you got once you sit down. Now I'm I'm not going to. Once you sit down, we're going to put a blindfold on you. All right. We're going to take those three cigars, and you're going to have to light and smoke one a puff off of each and tell me which is which. All right. That that should actually be fairly easy. It should, but you'll be surprised how many people will miss that. Uh, that's fair. But but we're getting the basics. Yeah. That's the base. That's the basic skills, the cut, the light, the flavor. Those are your basic skills. Now we're getting advanced skill. The next thing you must do is tell a joke. Okay. You got to tell a joke. It's got to be your best joke. It's got to be well told. It's got to have a beginning, middle punchline. And in the audience is your boss, a beautiful your, your father in law. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a beautiful woman. A beautiful and a priest. Oh, a priest. Well, now this sounds like a joke inside of a joke. This, this well, is a hat on a hat. We don't yeah. need the priest. Okay. <laughs> no, you do, you do need the priest because it's possible to tell a dirty joke in a way that is not vulgar. That's true. And that's kind of what I'm going for. Can you, t- because there are such things as funny jokes, as funny, clean jokes, I mean. But oftentimes those are not the funniest jokes you've ever heard. But can you have such skill in telling a joke that you can tell one that's slightly off kilter and not offend a priest? Right. Uh, yeah. 
Okay, I'm in. Or Baptist minister. How about that? You, you've you've argued me up. I'm in for priest or Baptist ministry, okay. either one. All right. We'll let them choose. All right. Whatever their religious preference happens to be. And then, lastly, as you get halfway into the cigar, you must bring up a topic of conversation. I knew that was going to be your next to one. To rouse the crowd. All right. What's your topic? What can you put forth and bring forth into the world? That will cause... Because the other night, I had a great one. I pulled a great one the other night. I was sitting with four cigar guys, guys that were really cigar guys. Yeah. And we were all talking cigars, and I and I stumped them. I said, okay, here's my question for you. What's your favorite part of the cigar? If I, sli- if I had a cigar and I broke it down into thirds, is it the first third, the second third, or the last third? What's your favorite part of the cigar? And that was good for about 45 minutes of... Depending Great. on the cigar, depends right. on this and all of the I mean, clarification. I know your final third of the cigar is your favorite third yes. of the cigar. And all you've stated that before. That's part of what led me to this. Mm. Probably my favorite part of the cigar is the first third. Because I, I like that. the optimism of the light and the right. time and knowing that you've got so much time behind you. Very few people choose the middle of the cigar. Almost nobody likes the middle of the cigar. Well, it's a lot like the middle of a Formula One race. You know, it's... A cigar and a Formula One race have a lot in common, right? So the first is exciting because it's starting, and it's where a lot of movement happens. It's where a lot of development. The middle third is just kind of, you know, that's where you're playing on your phone. That's that's where you're just kind of in, settling in, letting it go. And then the last third is where the the drama of the of the fin- finalization of of the experience happens. Yeah. So there's the uh, so once you've completed. These challenges. I'm going to add a challenge. Okay. At one point, you have to get up and go get something from the bar, either for yourself or for others. But how you navigate, especially in the way we have the circle set up here in the front of the shop, how you navigate getting up from a group of people without disturbing the conversation, but without being rude, and then maybe you get around a drink so you have, cup, you know, and hey, get back, not spilling things, not tripping over people's feet. Settle back into the conversation without having to say, oh, what were you guys talking about? You know, those kinds of things. Can I do it like Wipeout, though, where like, the t- you know, have you ever oh, watched Wipeout where like where the air bag like, blows yeah. out of people's face? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that may be taking it a little far. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Navigation, yeah. simple navigation, getting to the bar and back, and, do, and you get to make the decision. Do you take your stick with you? Do you leave your stick at your seat? Bo- both are fine. But if your stick goes out, you've lost. That's instant disqualification. Anytime right. your stick goes out, you've lost. Right. Okay. I'm in. All right. I, th- I think we have just fixed cigar smoking c- competitions. You should roll this out the, at the New Year's Eve party. <laughs> <laughs> We've already got a poker game going there. Okay, fine. <laughs> and all, which does... Speaking of which... Speaking of which, okay... Um, we got two articles. I want to do the card game one first, and we may, if we make it to the last article, that's fine. If not, we'll catch it next time. All right. Okay. So football season is winding down, as per our previous thing, and there's always a real um, a postpartum depression associated with football. <laughs> All right. And I'll, because so for two months now, me and the guys, we've been coming here every Saturday. We've been talking about the games. I've been bringing the griddle. I'm slinging burgers. I'm making hand. I made fried taters yesterday. Yeah. And nobody gave me their sling braid impression. So I had to stab no one. <laughs> I thought it was my biggest victory of the month. But anyway, I've, I've, it's I've, funny. I was actually in here yesterday briefly. It was just a run and gun situation, but I noticed that the local band of miscreants hadn't shown up yet, and I was surprised by that. Because typically, yeah. you guys will watch William and Mary versus uh, Sister Karen's School for the Blind, Deaf, and Dumb. Well, sure. Well, only if they're playing Ohio State. Um, <laughs> that's that's the caliber of talent they yeah. play. Um, no, yesterday the SEC championship game was at three. So y'all wanted to be in here fresh for it? And yeah, and we wanted to all be primed. We wanted the pump primed for that. We didn't want to blow anything before that. We wanted to be here right for that. All so, right. you know, it's it's the SEC championship. It's the greatest division in football. So you're looking for other ways to spend your time. So, so as, that, as football season is wound down, you'd still like to hang out with the guys. You'd still like to have time to have a cigar. And the cigar is a good enough reason. Yeah. But you can only do that so much 
eventually, have you ever sat down in a circle and realized that I have told these people everything I know? Yeah. They now, these people now have, yeah. yeah. They know my jokes. They know my wit. They know my issues. They, they know everything I do about Bigfoot. Right. <laughs> they, 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 everybody here has, has had their fill of shame. So you need something else. So you whip out a deck of cards. And this article is from cbc.ca. So I guess that's a Canadian... Canadian yeah. broadcast company. Oh, uh, okay. The best card games to play with a standard deck. Now, before we get into the actual game, let's, let's define this. I look down upon Uno and Skip Bow players. Because you have to have a dedicated, specialized deck. Right. Uno, Skip Bow, Phase 10, those guys, I look down upon them. There's got to be a way to pay, play a version of Uno with a standard deck, though. With the four suits, the you, know, you could use Jokers as wild. I mean, you don't get the, the reverses and the skips and the things like that, but it, there's got to be a, a vague approximation that you could come up with. Yeah, there's, there's definitely that. But like here... You know, we have poker on Tuesdays, but that's an institution. That's mm-hmm. not a card game. That's an institution. It's different. Um, but after poker, the guys, when they get eliminated, while they're waiting on the rest of the guys to finish up the tournament, have started sitting down and playing golf. And golf is a great card game. We have a lot of fun. We had a golf game here last night. And, uh, and now my golf game is growing. So our golf game started out with three. Then it went to four. Now we're at five, which is the maximum yeah. that you can play golf. And soon we're going to have more people coming in to play golf after poker's done. So soon I'm going to have to have two golf tables. <laughs> it's really disturbing me at all. But um, we started a Thursday night card club where we come in here on Thursday nights. We were going to my house, but thankfully all that got smoothed over. Now we can come back in here. All right. And... Um, we play golf, and then we play Gypsy Rummy, and then we play Setback, which is not my favorite game. Okay. I don't like car- partner card games. See, I do. I, but, well, I, see, I don't. I like the idea of card games, but I have a feeling the reason that you and I dislike partner card games are different. So my in-laws love the game of Pinochle. Mm-hmm. And it's very popular in sort of the lower Midwest and like into Pennsylvania, Ohio, that kind of area. And it is a game of strategy and skill. And I always feel like I'm letting down my partner. I don't have any partner card game where I'm skilled enough at it that I feel like I can hold my own. I used to be very good at spades. I used to be very good. But I haven't played it since college, so that kind of is part of it. See, I dislike it for a different reason. I just want to play my game. Yeah. I don't want to have to think about, does he have a trump? Does he have the low? Does he have the 10? Whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I don't want all of that added into and have to try to do a Vulcan mind meld with the guy across that happened to sit across the table with me that night to try to do it because really you can't here's the problem with a cigar shop partner card game if you develop a close enough bond with somebody to be good at it then it's unfair to everybody else right so it has to be it has to be kind of randomized yeah you know you have to draw you have to do something you have to kind of randomize yeah by the way update on poker game the randomizing of the tables people have loved okay people have there was a little pushback at the beginning but now everybody is on board all right excellent but anyway, moving forward. So what are the best card games that, um, you know, to qualify this, it has to be something that can be taught very quickly. Mm-hmm. It can't have too many rules. And you, you've got to be quick in and out and all. And I prefer a cumulative score game. I prefer, you know, golf is great because it's six cards. It's nine holes, which is nine hands. And if you have a bad hand, you can... You can move on. You can move on. You can't damage yourself so bad. Gypsy Rummy. Gypsy Rummy is great. Now, it's a little more complicated than rocket surgery, but once you get your hands around it, you can swing 100 points either direction and not hurt yourself. Yeah. So I do like a cumulative scored single-player card game is what I'm after. So, you know, a favorite in my house has always been Gin Rummy. And one of the things that's tough about that game is the fact that everybody has their own set of rules. Like, the the framework of the game 
seven cards, runs and sets, you know, a draw and a discard, go out first. Like, that's kind of the... But whether or not you lay cards down as you go, whether you hold them in your hand, whether you... You know, how you score them, there are so many variations on the rules that it can be hard playing with somebody for the first time. But I grew up playing playing Rummy with my grandfather. He would either take the, the mason jar full of uh, pennies and throw them out on the table and we would play poker all night long or we'd play rummy. Right. And so don't be too set in your ways. Understand that when you sit down to play gin, everybody has got their version of that. Well, and you, men- you mentioned Uno earlier. I, when we were in uh, Georgia for Thanksgiving, I was watching a bunch of them play play uno and they were playing by rules that i have never played with they were stacking uh reverses and stacking skips and wilds and all kinds of stuff and i was like i don't know what you guys are doing this is this is wrong but yeah, that's another top tip don't overcomplicate it yeah keep it simple keep it simple and the other the thing i like about a good card game is one that you can play just as easily with two people as four or more right I, yeah i think that's important um, a maximum four to six is about all you want to be involved in your card game. Yeah. You don't want more than six. You have to, it, it, there's going to be very few games that can accommodate that just due to the size of the deck, or you have to play like a multi-deck situation. Now, do you play your gen with two decks? No. Okay. I've always played my gen with two decks because the runs and sets dynamic I hated having to deal with with only one deck of cards. I when, I, when I've got two, four, five, six, and somebody lays down three threes, and one of them's the one I need, I just I, I you I like hate, knowing there's another one out right, there. I like I like having hope. Yeah, <laughs> don't crush my dreams. Well, Rummy Cube, have you ever played Rummy Cube? No, it's a it's a board game of sorts, but it's it's a tile game. But you play similar to the rules of Rummy. But one of the things that's great about it is there are multiples of each color. Now, in a set, you can't have two of the same color. So it, the equivalent would be like you couldn't have the three of clubs, the three of spades, and the three of clubs. You'd have to have... have you know, to, yeah. Um, okay, I can go with that. Yeah. Okay, so let's to wrap this little topic up. So we're saying cigar shop games. First, must use real cards. Must use real cards. No no phase 10, no Uno, no skip bow, no gimmicky stuff. If Rule. somebody sits down and wants to play, you've got to be able to explain it to them in about the time it takes them to take the cellophane off their cigar, cut it, and light it. Right. You should be able to play one hand open. You know, because yeah. whenever somebody comes and plays golf with us, yeah. we say, okay... Like, if tonight we had a golf game and you were going to play with us, we'd say, okay, we're going to play the first round of golf here. It's not going to count toward anything. We're just going to show Trey how to do it. And we'd run through. And in that one hand, you wouldn't possess the nuances, but you would possess the foundation of the game. Yeah. You very quickly. Yeah, you should be able to figure it out in one hand. Yeah. Should should be something you can figure out in one hand. And it shouldn't be a partner game because the you want people to be able to come and go. Absolutely. And lastly, don't be so set in your ways. Yeah. Let the majority rule. Um, establish the rules up front. If you play a certain way, establish, just, just, have a, just have a quick session where you establish the rules up front of, of okay, this is the way we play gin here. I know this is not the way you play gin there. We know this is not, you know, this, this, and this. I'm going to add one. Don't bet. No, play for the love of the game. Yeah, play, play for the fun of it. Don't, don't, if, if the shop has a poker night, Get your gambling kicks there. Don't don't bet on a friendly game. If you can't play for the love of the game among your buddies smoking a couple of cigars, then don't, don't play. Do it. Yeah. Keep your butt at home. Okay, so tell me about your La Polina. Or do we got time for one more I, article? I got, I got something I want to run by you here. Oh, run it by me. Yeah, so as everyone knows, typically I will, just about every night of the week, I'll, after dinner and we put the kid to bed, I usually go sit out on my back porch and smoke a cigar. Well, obviously, it's getting too cold for that right now. So what I've taken to do is it's, that's also usually the time when I go walk the dog because during the summer when it stays daylight out, me and the boy and the dog go for our walk you know, around 530 or whatnot. Can't do that right now. 
I just I don't trust my neighborhood to be walking with the kid in the stroller in the dark in and the dog when it's all dark and people coming home from work and stuff. It's just this is where you name my stroller mounted assault rifle. That's, I I do, but for a totally different reason. Uh, the so what I've been doing lately is I go walk the dog after I put the kid down, and I've been smoking a cigar there. During the walk. During the walk. Okay. Now I, this is where I said you're you're gonna you're going to take umbrage with my question on that basis alone because you would never walk right. a dog and smoke a cigar at the same time. That's just that 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 doesn't appeal to you. However, it's my opportunity. I need a good pair of gloves for smoking a cigar. Mm-hmm. So I've come up with a few criteria, and I want to know what you think. So they can't be too well insulated because I need to have the dexterity to be able to hold the cigar. And I don't want them to be so puffy that I lose that last inch and a half extra of cigar because of the insulation on the gloves. Got it. Um, I want them to be either canvas or something that's non-flammable. So no nylon, no ski gloves, that sort of thing. Um, But they also have to be warm. Right now I've been using a pair of cycling gloves and the... The, the webbing between the fingers is like a spandex kind of thing, and the wind cuts right through it, and they basically don't help me at all. Well, there's two basic paths you can go with this. Um, one is the easy way. Go to Home Depot and get you a pack of their... Um, they make them there that are glass-carrying gloves. They got little rubber on the fingertips. Yeah but they're still fairly well insulated, but they're designed for exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Now, they're not, they're flammable. Yeah. But they're cheap. You're going to buy a pack of 10 for five ninety nine. Okay. So just buy them and accept the fact... You're going to lose them. That if you're going to burn a hole in them, if you're going to lose them, if you need to do, you know, if you need to create a tourniquet and stop bleeding on a squirrel with one, whatever you have to happen to do yeah. with this glove, you don't have a large investment in these gloves... And you can do it. So that would be my first recommendation would be just to say, okay, I'm going to find a comfortable working glove that I can buy for less than $2 a pair and just accept that occasionally I'm going to have to throw them out and replace them. Okay. And I'll, the second path is a high-end duck glove. A high-end what? Duck hunting glove. Okay. Um, duck hunting gloves is where it's at for this area. And all. I've got a very nice set of Drake gloves that are well insulated. They're a neoprene type material, but they're not neoprene. They got a little more fuzz than neoprene. I don't know what they're made of, but Drake makes them. Gotcha. Uh, they're about 40 bucks a pair, but they're going to be there forever. The pair I've had, I've had for four years. I've walked the dog with them for four years. I've grabbed trees. I've grabbed dogs. I've reached into water. I've done everything. But a high-end pair of duck gloves will do the job as well. Okay. So there, there's my because I had options. I had also considered putting like a rubber, like a latex glove under like a canvas, like gardening work glove. Right, and you can because because then go. you get the windproof from from the the rubber glove, and you get the the resi- resiliency from the canvas. Yeah, I just don't like glove on glove crime. See, I really don't either. I'm, in fact, specifically what I'm trying to avoid is having to go that route. Right. So, Because yeah. I also don't like the way my hands get all sweaty and clammy in a, in a latex glove. A good, my, my top recommendation, a good working glove from Lowe's or Home Depot. Something that's meant to be bought and meant to last for a little while and then goes away. You probably will go through four pairs a year. Yeah. And, you, and you'll be out 20 bucks. Yeah. All right. So that's my recommendations. I'll give that a shot. Cigar Problem Solving with Shane was sponsored this week by Rhino Glove. Rhino Glove, <laughs> when you need to smoke a cigar but don't want your hands to be cold. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a weird conundrum. It's not something that usually if I need gloves, I'm not interested in smoking a cigar. But this is my – now, granted, now by the time this airs, I will have been well past it. But as it sits right now, I still have four more days of hell before open enrollment closes and my work life gets back to somewhat normal. Oh, that's so awesome. I, I'm looking forward to that drastically, but I'm in a position right now where I need to be able to have that that evening smoke so that I can calm down and, and kind of clear the mind before bed. So tell me about your La Polina. Man, I really dig this. It doesn't taste like a La Polina. The Heritage Blend's good. Yeah. Um, the Maduro in it, I liked when I smoked it. 
It's not... Well, please rate it first before I give you my... Five and a half. That's exactly where I put it. Yeah. It's price point. It's availability. The variety pack is a great way to present this product. And you can enjoy this product and move on with your life. Um, it doesn't. This does not have to be a seven. Right. Every cigar you smoke does not have to be a seven. Um, and that you know, there's there's a lot of things in life that way. We could go. We could do right. a whole show on. You don't always need a ten. Right. Sometimes a ten's more trouble than they're worth. And all. So, but yes, the the La Polina is the work glove of the industry. All right. In this case, and the Rosado, I will say. It's been a good cigar. It's five and a half for me, about mm-hmm. like that would be. It's not a great Rosado wrapper. It doesn't have that. If you took the wrapper off of this, I would never pick this as a Rosado. Okay. So, good cigar. But how do they get a hold of us, Trey? Because it's getting cold out here. Yeah, you can reach us at facebook.com slash thecigarcast, Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast, and email info at thecigarcast.com. Well, thank you for listening this week, everyone. And until next week, have a great cigar and thank well of us. Mm-hmm.